Hello and welcome to I Heard It on a Podcast, our little corner of the Wild West. Hey, will you go dig some loonies out of a Chesterfield? My name's Isaiah. My name's Riley. I at least know what loonies are. Yes. Loonies and toonies. Yes. But I don't know what a Chesterfield is. A Chesterfield is a couch or a sofa. So I'm asking you if you will go get some money out of the couch so that we can go buy tacos. The tacos part wasn't in there. It was just kind it's of implied. implied. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Topic Thunder, but it's late, so Topic Thunder. Can we harmonize in a whisper? Topic Thunder. Nope, it doesn't work. I don't think so. <laughs> we tried. We Is, gave it our best could shot. Could that work? Topic Thunder. I mean, like an octave? Kind of. It's a harmony, I guess. Anyway, today we're talking about the moon and its... Habit to wobble. Wobble, wobble, wobble. Yes, that dance is great. Also, <laughs> we're going to talk about if it's worth going to touristy places or if it's just a waste of time. And we're going to talk about if you should have the right to repair your stuff. Let's get into it. So, Interesting. if anyone has been reading the news, it's not like big news but it's like kind of news so i did see one article about it just now yeah i didn't so, read it though because i want you to tell me yes all about i'm gonna tell you all about it but it's something you might stumble across and be like oh this sounds interesting and terrifying and then you read about it but you would be misled because the media is terrible and yep. they like to sensationalize things to draw views yep so that's fun. But anyway, we're going to talk about the moon wobble. And it's not actually the moon wobble that wobble, we're talking wobble, about. Wobble. It's just what everybody's calling it. So I'm going to first pull up an article, just the first article that comes up on the moon wobble. And I'm going to hmm. read it. And then we're going to talk about what it actually is and why the media is wrong. Hopefully that's we get a bad article. <laughs> or it'll at least be something that's meant to catch your eye yes. and be... Uh, well, meant, it's meant to catch your eye so that you click on it and watch ads yes. on their site. Okay, I pulled up news. The first article is from USA Today. So, good. The headline is, Brace for Flooding, a Moon Wobble is Coming, NASA Warns. Okay. That sounds I'm terrifying. I'm really scared. Yeah, I'm going to go look at this. Um, uh, we, we live at like 5,000 feet, and I'm still worried. Right. So, I pulled this article up, and it says, Thanks to a wobble in the moon's orbit and rising sea levels, every coast in the United States will face rapidly increasing high tides that will start a decade of dramatic flooding in the 2030s. Whoa. Yeah. I'm yikes. terrified. Glad I live here. This conclusion, which was published by, and then they just kind of talk about natural climate change journey to NASA sea level change teams in the University of Hawaii has nothing to do, says NASA. So they basically like say this huge gibberish thing that no one's going to read, and then they put NASA like at the end so that you see, oh, NASA says this. Um, and they say it has to do with the moon's orbit, and they say... It takes 18.6 years for the moon to orbit, is what this article says. Orbit the Earth? Just orbit. They don't <laughs> specify. So that's confusing. Because um, doesn't it take 28.5 days to orbit the Earth? Isn't that what one like lunar that. cycle 27 is? 27 or 29, I think. Um, and they say half of the cycle, the 18-point-year orbit, um, the tides are lower, and half of the cycle, the tides are higher. Global sea level rise pushes high tides in one direction. Um, and then they say that we're in a... So this article isn't actually terrible because it does talk about the real reason behind it. Um, but it is definitely sensationalized at the beginning. And the it title says, is. The title is and the beginning of like 
decade of dramatic flood increases and is that real? NASA says this. So let's talk about what it actually is because this article goes into it a little bit. The one I had read first, I think that came up on Instagram was... In- does Instagram have its own news source? Or no, does but it-, it was like someone posted the article on their story and so then I went and read it and it was like ultra sensationalized. It kind of basically this article said like, Brace yourselves because in 2030, floods are going to start and never stop because of the cycle. Like the moon takes 18 years to orbit the sun, which is not true. It takes a year to orbit the sun. But thank thank you for that science. And it said like, this is only because the moon like is wobbling out of orbit. And so it's going to like change the world forever. But basically what's happening here. So the 18.6 year thing that they're referring to is an actual thing. It's just not the orbit of the moon. Um, it's like the inclination of the moon's axis related to us. Okay. So, but that doesn't catch, that's not as easy to understand. It's just saying, oh, the moon takes 18 years to orbit. Um, but it's actually taking 18 years to rotate on its axis in relation, like kind of like it's, how our, it's the orbit, Earth does yeah. for seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, its orbit takes 18 years to fully make its path through its Rotational axis. axis. Yeah. So that's hard to understand, I think, for some people. But basically, when you say orbit, it's like going around its orbital body. That's literally what an orbit is. Yeah, that's what we understand. So the moon takes, obviously, well, not obviously. (laughs) The moon takes 29 days to orbit the Earth, something like that, 29 and a half or something like that, Um, which is the same amount of time that it takes to complete the lunar phases. So that's why we get the lunar phases the way we are. And that's why when it's a new moon, we can always, like we're always seeing the same face of the moon because it's rotating the same speed as it's rotating us. So easy. We can understand that. And then obviously the moon rotates the sun once a year because the earth rotates the sun once a year. And so it's with us. So it comes (laughs) with us. That's kind of explanatory. But the same reason we get seasons and we get like longer day night cycles and stuff is because the earth like pivots on its axis a little bit, a couple of degrees, you know, here and there. Um, And so there's times when the Northern hemisphere is farther from the sun because it's rotated a little bit. And so it's shorter days and the sun is lower in the sky. Um, So the moon does the same thing, but it does it on a longer cycle and it does it more extreme. And I have a GIF somewhere. Sorry, I'm trying to go through all my stuff, Um, which obviously is not going to be helpful for podcast people. Um, which is everyone except me. Which is everyone except for I don't. I can't even find it, so I'm not going to show it. But basically, it's just like a a time lapse of the moon over a month, and it shows just how much it actually like moves on its axis because the moon does wobble. Like that's not technically wrong, um, because of the way it rotates and the way it rotates on its axis. So both rotating, you know, laterally and top to bottom. Okay. It kind of looks like it's on an ocean, so it's kind of. You know, if you didn't know what was going on, it would look like the moon just kind of like sways and wobbles around in the sky, even though it's just in relation to us. That's what it looks like. Um, But that's not the reason that there's actually going to be flooding. Um, There is something that's called the major and minor lunar standstills, and that's based on the 18.6 year cycle of the moon changing its inclination um, and the last time it happened was in 2005, 2006-ish, um, which means the next time is going to be like 2026, 2027. That's kind of when that's going to happen. Okay. Um, 
and there's this huge long article about it and it's very heady and very complicated and there's kind of a lot of like having to think about it um but the the gist of it is i'll try to break it down as easily as i can we talked about the moon phases the moon orbits the earth once every 29.5 days um that's how we get the moon phases um the, the, the plane of the moon's orbit is close to the plane of the Earth's orbit, but not identical. It's about 5.1 degrees relative to our orbit, so it's slightly off. Um, and then, basically, because of its slightly tilted angle, the 5.1 degrees versus us, means that sometimes it seems to rise and set more north and rise and set more south, depending on where that angle is. Um it basically does what's called precessing, which is that rotating that 5.1 degree axis mm-hmm. every 18.6 years. So it kind of moves kind of up and down if you think about it compared to the Earth and its orbit. And sorry, this is very confusing, but it's going to make sense, hopefully. Um, but basically what happens is there's an effect that happens on the Earth seasonally where the gravitational pull from the moon causing tides and so it's pulling the ocean and letting it go in specific spots but we're also experiencing a gravitational pull from the sun albeit less as intense as the moon so there are some like tide tidal effects from the sun as well and Hmm. as the orbits kind of synchronize with the sun and the moon um, there can be times like in the spring when tides are higher than normal high tides would be because both the moon and the sun are pulling in the same direction at once. And then there are times when tides are lower than they should be in, for example, the summer and winter because the sun and the moon are kind of pulling opposite directions. So they're kind of spread out and they're not all pulling in one spot at one time. Yeah. Um, But then the angle of the moon also takes into effect. So when it's a major solar or major lunar standstill, um, not only are the sun and the moon pulling in the same spot at the same time but they're also in line so the moon would come down on its orbit around the earth and be in line with the sun so you get extra pulling because they're in line in two directions they're in line rotationally and they're also in line planally so that's when you get the highest tides and the lowest like non-tides and so right Uh now we're in a accentuated high tide season um, which means that right now the moon is plainerly close to the sun. And so like in the spring, we would have had higher tides because we're in that season now. But I don't know if you've noticed, but we haven't had like major flooding necessarily. Like there have been no. some floods, but it hasn't been like apocalypse levels of flooding. And so then I went and I looked at this study, which isn't technically by NASA. It's by, I'll try to find it again. It's by the, try to find it, the Nature Climate Change Journal, written by the NASA Sea Level Change Science Team from the University of Hawaii. So this is the University of Hawaii, basically, a team from them. Um, And so they said that in this, you know, journal published, they said that this is, this moon orbit cycle is going to exacerbate the 
rising sea levels because of climate change and cause greater flooding in 2030 onwards. But the cause of the flooding isn't going to be the moon. It's going to be rising sea levels. And so they're anticipating mm. 2030 to be the first time this is majorly affecting humans because the sea level in the you know 2030s is going to be exponentially higher than it was you know now or Before, 20 years ago. when these yeah. natural lineups... Correct. The, the the natural lining up of all these things is normal. It happens yes. every once in a while. Yes. But the problem is the combination of the natural lineup of the rotational and the planal right. poles with increased sea level right. because of climate change. Yes. And this is going to be a problem even if the moon didn't exacerbate this. Like rising sea levels are going to cause flooding. <laughs> yes. Great so, point. It's interesting to me, and this is like blowing up right now. Like in the past day, everyone's reporting on this. And it's like some people have said the moon is wobbling out of orbit. And some people say like the moon is increasing and decreasing in its orbital velocity and it's causing erratic. Th like, no, this is not how this works. Like the moon is consistent in how the it's moon orbiting is us. Fine. Like, the moon is not causing any of this. We as humans are causing this to happen. And the moon is just yeah. like, well, Classic I'm going to do what I normally do. <laughs> Classic humans looking for a scapegoat, even if it's like a really consistent solar, yeah. like planetary happening object. Since the moon existed. So this is frustrating to me in multiple ways because one, it's showing that the media just wants clicks and they don't want to necessarily understand it. They're just going to put words that seem like they make sense. They don't want to understand and they don't care if we understand it. Yeah, they don't it. care. They just want you to be on their website. So that's annoying. It's also annoying because even if they do kind of understand it, by blaming the moon, like there's nothing we can do about the moon. <laughs> yeah. It's just like crap. We're all what are they going to like shoot a rocket at it and get it back in orbit? Right. But they could have said like, hey, rising sea levels. This is something we can actually work on, like our climate change. So instead of like working on the actual problem, they're like, let's scapegoat the moon and just pretend like there's nothing we can do and we're all going to die anyway because whatever. So that is, you're, yeah, yeah, it's very annoying now you're that you understand the up. full picture and it's very frustrating. So this, I mean, I'm thankful to like look into this because it was very interesting and I didn't know that like the moon had this, you know, 20 year cycle of, you know, such a drastic plane different and I didn't know it like could align with the sun and pull harder. Yeah. So I learned a lot from this, but I also learned that no one else is going to spend the, because I mean, I was sitting here, I learned this right when we were sitting here before this podcast. Yeah. But I still spent 20 minutes like researching it. And I know most people like the person on Instagram probably just saw the article, read the article and then posted it. And that's what anyone else is going to do. Like no one's going to go and read the journal and no one's going to go look on NASA and see if NASA actually said it. And Plus it is honestly more interesting to say that the moon is wobbling yeah. out of orbit yeah. than oh, great, another reason that we need to stop doing what we're doing, which right. honestly is stuff that we like doing. Right, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I guess the moral of the story is, well, I've got two morals of the story. The first moral of the story, the positive one, is space is cool, and lots of cool stuff happens, and even things that like affect us on a daily basis happen because of like the moon and things that are happening in space. So that's pretty fancy. Um, the less cool one is like, <laughs> take everything with a grain of salt like and do your own research and i feel like it's cool now to say like hey do your own research but usually the people who say do your own research are like conspiracy theorists who are trying to get you to like find other sources of information that corroborate your right. thing just self-confirming yeah pieces of information yeah and so when i say do your own research i don't mean like find something that confirms what you want to believe i mean like 
look at reputable sources and like yeah. compare different pieces of information. Well said. Yeah, and try to figure out the truth and not just what you want to think. So, mm. rant over. The, well, the other third thing that I'll say to continue the rant just a little bit okay. is that climate change is not someone else's problem. Yes. It's my problem. Right. It's your problem. Right. It's all of our problem. Yes. And I'm sure that we've talked about it before and we will again, but if you, like we do, believe that the moon wobble is actually a issue, is actually a climate change issue, there are things that you can do in yeah. your own life to make our world better. Yes. So let's do that. Yeah. Let's just let's make do it so that we don't care about the moon of, wobble. <laughs> yeah, let's do that instead of posting dumb stuff on on our Instagram. Sweet. It's a plan. Well, I'll do that. <laughs> You'll do that. Hopefully you listener will also do that. Yeah. And don't fear the moon wobble. The moon wobble is friendly. Yeah. It's just do a little dance. <laughs> yeah. Wobble, just, wobble, wobble, wobble. If you want to see a cool gif, look up moon wobble. And I think it's a NASA website and it shows like, it looks, it kind of makes you seasick. So it does look like wobbling. I'll give them that. They're correct in that one thing. But anyway, let's move on. We're going to move on from the moon and we're going to talk about touristy locations um, which is not in, which does not include the moon yet. Yes, but soon. In Thanks, May. Richard Branson. Yep. My mom actually showed me a funny video that was like a rebuke from or not rebuke, but like a rebuttal from Amazon to Richard Branson, and it was like this parody thing. But it was like an Amazon spokesperson. It was like, um, we just want to say that our space daddy Jeffy is going to be to space soon, and like. Technically, it wasn't a space race, and Jeff wants me to say that it wasn't a space race, but if it was, he would have won, but it's not, so it doesn't matter, and it was just, like, super funny. I was laughing about it. Also, anyway, technically, he didn't go to space. Yeah, Richard technically, Branson he didn't did not go to space. technically go to space. Um, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, the moon is not a tourist destination yet, but it will be soon, and would it be worth traveling to when it is? So I have opinions on this. And I think you're going to have opinions too, but I'm not sure if they're going to be the same opinions. I think I know what your opinions okay. are. Also, I apologize because I just got really bad allergies. So if you hear me like dying in the background. Just now he did. Like just a second. So if you hear me dying, that's what it is. I'll try to not sniffle too much. But um, I'll give you my opinions first, then you can give me your opinions. I think that it is not worth traveling to touristy locations. I knew you were going to yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, there crowded and they're full of people who like don't have any regard for anyone but themselves sorry i'm kind of going in aggressive but and they're like full of people who only care about like taking pictures of themselves there and like consuming the place that they're at and while i agree that most touristy places are like incredible like the eiffel tower and the empire state building and you know the statue of liberty and the arch in st louis like there's tons of cool places touristy places that I would love to see, but to me it's not worth it because the experience is so tainted by everyone else experiencing it at the same time, I guess. <laughs> that sounds really like stuck up, but <laughs> what are your thoughts? To me, at a lot of those locations, the touristy experience is part of the experience. Okay. Like if I were to go to the Eiffel Tower... Obviously, I would expect there to be a, a ton of other people there. Right. And it would be weird if I was the only person there. Right. I, I think part of the fun is seeing 
so many other people from all over the world as excited to see this right landmark as I am and to kind of geek out and be a cliche tourist and take pictures of them like holding it right. in the palm of their hand and ride the elevator all the way up to the top and take the picture of them like all looking over all of Paris and with them like kissing their girlfriend right in front of right. it because it's a, the romantic place, you know, right. like those are cliche and yeah. touristy and cheesy and locals hate it. Yeah. But it's kind of fun too, because it is touristy and right. cliche and lame. Yeah, I can see that. I think, I think my root issue is I don't necessarily mind other people doing those cliche touristy things, but I mind like people acting like it's all about them and their experience and it's all about like like they don't care if they like hurt where they're at or like damage the place or like they don't care if anyone else ever gets to experience it. They just care that they were there and got to take an Instagram picture. So I think that's one of my big issues, especially like living in Colorado and our You're thinking touristy, a lot of nature yeah, places, aren't like you? nature places and people like don't give a crap about the place. They just want to come in and get their beautiful picture and then leave their trash and destroy the trails and pull up plants and hurt animals and like do all this stuff. But even other places like the, um, like the bridge, the lock bridge in France, I think it's in Paris as well, um, where you, you know, mm -hmm. go out with your lover and you'd put a lock on the bridge and it gets to the point where it's so popular now and so many people want to be part of that that they don't care about like if it actually damages the bridge, they just care that they want to do it. And so it's to the point where they had to like cut locks off and ban people from doing this because this like cool, beautiful, like landmark is going to get destroyed because people just can't not be a part of it and they can't like stay out of it and just appreciate it for what it is. They have to like get involved and they have to like make it about them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my issue. And I know not all tourists are like that. I think there's people who are fine. Like probably most tourists are fine, but there are those like specific tourists who do that kind of stuff. And that just like grinds my gears. Yeah. I, I can't lie to you and say that those people don't exist, Yeah, but those people exist in every facet of life. Yeah. If you wanted to avoid those people, you shouldn't ever go out to eat or drive on a street True. or I try my best not to, <laughs> you know, like you, those, yeah. that is part of life yeah. is dealing with inconsiderate people. And so I would rather just, soak up all that life has to offer right. and try to let those people and those experiences roll right off my back right. and uh, still enjoy all of the cool touristy stuff that is yeah. out there and not let those few bad eggs ruin totally my opportunity yeah. to experience all the cool stuff that's out there. Yeah. That's a good perspective to have. I should try to develop your perspective, I think. I think... It would just be a shame if you... Yeah. Like, didn't go to a national park or something because totally. you didn't want to deal with... Yeah. The possibility of running into someone who would bug you. Right. And I think it depends, too, because there's some touristy places that I've been let down by kind of a little bit. And sure. they were just, like, overhyped because my experience with them has been, like, you know, reading travel blogs or, like, on social media... And they just seem so cool. And then you get there and it's like, it's like, it can't live up to all of the hype that was given to yeah. it. Um, and I think, oh, we're getting like an Amber Alert. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
pause for editing. <laughs> Was it an Amber Alert? Yeah. Okay. My phone hasn't gone off yet, so it might go off in a second. I cleared it. I, I don't know what it was, but it was an Amber Alert. Let's wait a second, just in case my phone goes off too. Okay. I'm always slow to get them for some reason. Oh, I might have turned them off. Is that bad? I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I have them turned off. have weather alerts on okay all right and we're back we are clear from any more emergency alerts so let's resume our conversation that's one that you can't prepare for anyway um i am trying to remember what my train of thought was we we're talking oh touristy locations that have been like not living up to the hype i was gonna say i think that's an issue with like I have two issues with social media here. So we're going to go into our weekly social media rant. <laughs> Such old men. <laughs> but go ahead, so, please. Yeah, my first issue is when people can, you know, monetize lists of like cool places to go and make money off of that just because people are looking at it, they're going to make it as cool looking as possible. Sure. And so that's just kind of like incentive to make it seem cooler than it is. I want just like a real understanding of what the place is going to be like first. And also, I think a lot of those inconsistent, or not inconsistent, inconsiderate people um, are more spurred on to go do things because of social media and because they can like post on their social media. So I fully believe that there are people who only go places to get like an Instagram picture. Definitely. And they probably wouldn't have gone there if they didn't have Instagram to like share it with or like, you know. Not necessarily Instagram, but like someone to tell about it. Um, or they wouldn't have done whatever they were doing that was more annoying, like yeah. holding up a whole line for a picture or right. yeah. getting out of their car and trying to put a baby moose in their car, whatever that person. Yeah. You remember that story like two, a year or two ago? They like picked up a moose or a bear or something like that yeah. and put it in their car or something like right. that. Just for first so they can show their friends yeah yeah and that kind of behavior is like i'm not sure like what people who kind of had that personality did before social media like if they just told people about it or if they like tried to get the paper to take a picture of them or like something they had to have done something but social media has made it really easy to kind of lean into that behavior yeah um and so i don't know it's interesting yeah I, I, th- I mean, you're right, but like I said, those, that that experience and those people are not exclusive yeah. to touristy places. Yeah, I think that was the thing that convinced me the most because every day I drive to work, I almost get run into by like six people because they can't care enough to get off their phones to drive. Yeah, and man, I'm such an old man. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> this is the oldest man rant I ever. Know. Um, but. I can't like avoid them in my other parts of my life. So I might as well not miss out on experiences because I'm trying to avoid them at one spot. Yeah. So you convinced me. I agree. We should go to touristy places, Yeah. but also don't be an inconsiderate person. <laughs> yes, please. If you're an inconsiderate person, please 
don't be yeah or please stop <laughs> don't listen to this podcast because <laughs> we'll be mean about you we are we're gonna roast you all the time yeah. so be less inconsiderate be less of a jerk yeah there we go that's it okay done let's go to the eiffel tower and take great let's pictures. book our tickets let's do it <laughs> i actually emily and i've talked about italy being one of our like dream vacations yes, because we love food <laughs> and yeah, wine yeah and I we wouldn't even told me yeah, about that before. we wouldn't even go see any sites we just like go to a restaurant and camp out for a week <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to a couple of different ones at least yeah a strip of restaurants okay i'm sure you can find that in rome yeah or barcelona yeah. or florence or something yes Barcelona's in Spain. They have restaurants there too, (laughs) though. And Spain is close. We'll just do a European tour of food. I really honestly like would much rather go try out restaurants than go to see a site, I think, which is crazy, but I'm just, I love food. So even like the Colosseum or something really famous like that? But pizza in Rome. (laughs) Yeah, but what do you do in between lunch and dinner? Yeah, I guess I could like get something in like carried around i want to do like the pizza in a cone thing and then go yeah. into the coliseum and eat my pizza out of a cone <laughs> i don't know if they allow food in there probably not i saw that they were weren't they like restoring yeah you told us you told me that yeah didn't they're we like, talk about this in the podcast yeah they're like redoing <laughs> the floor or something yeah. like that and weren't they gonna have it like i don't know go back and listen to that part of the podcast i know i'll have they're to. like we're adding a stage or something something for some sort of events or like a sport arena i don't know i can't believe we're like Trying to remember what we said on our own podcast. <laughs> I think it was a stage to be representative of maybe what it might have been oh, like. Oh, yeah, maybe. And I, because you said that, I was like, no, yes, no way they're that. like, yeah, r- like redoing the the Colosseum. Like, but it it's is like, a, yeah. it's an ancient landmark. You got to like keep it what it is. Retractable because it's to protect the underneath of the original building. Something like know. that. We could have a segment on this podcast where we just try to remember what we said on like specific episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the loop of podcasts. Uh, I bet we talked about that one when we talked about the wonders of the world. Probably. So go back and listen to that yes. episode. All right. Let's move on again. That was a short and easy discussion. You've convinced me of a lot of things this week. I've been convinced of so many new things. My mind has been widened. <laughs> Good. That's what this podcast is for, right? I hope okay. you, you listener, I hope your mind has been widened too. So wide, like the Grand just Canyon. Stretched open a little bit. <laughs> Ouch. We just okay. shove those ideas in Shove here. that knowledge in. All right. Third and final topic of the night or morning or afternoon, because what who knows what time it is. It is. We're going to talk about right to repair. This has kind of been... Right to repair? Yes. Like, both with R's. Not okay. like right. It just sounded you just said, like, right to repair. Right to repair. Okay. Sorry, it's my nose being plugged with allergies. <laughs> Makes it hard to talk. Um, okay. This has been kind of... I don't think it's contentious, necessarily. I think most people agree on this, except for big companies. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life! <laughs> But basically, right to repair means you have the right to repair your stuff. And you would think, sure, it makes sense. What's, what's, yeah, what's to argue? Yeah, well, companies kind of not necessarily actively are outright against this, but kind of just do it by the way they create their products and they don't care and they kind of prefer it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who, unfortunately, it hurts my heart to say this is against right to repair not outright but in the way they design their products is apple um basically like if you break an apple device you either have to 
get it repaired through Apple or buy a new one. And most of the time, like, depending on how bad it's damaged, they'll just say buy a new one. There was a while with, I think it was the iPhone 12, where even Apple couldn't repair it once it was built. Like, you could take it to the Genius Bar and they would just say, we're going to replace it for you for free because we can't repair it. And then they just dump the old one in the trash and give you a new one. That's great. Yeah. Um, they also had a lawsuit recently, I think two weeks ago, against their AirPods because the AirPods are wireless. They have a battery in them, in each sure. earpiece. And it's probably only good for you know five years or whatever. Batteries wear out. Mm-hmm. And so they had a lawsuit because theoretically, under right to repair, you would be allowed to replace the batteries. You should be able to replace the batteries in your devices. At least. Like, maybe you can't get parts for anything else, but you should at least be able to change the batteries. Yeah. But AirPods, according to this third-party tester, have literally, like, impossible to remove batteries without damaging the whole thing beyond repair. So, basically, you can get the battery out and change it, but you're going to completely destroy it and make it not worthwhile. And so, AirPods are literally designed to last five years. Their battery goes out. The rest of it's still totally fine, but you throw them away and you buy new ones because... Apple would say it's because of, like, compactness and miniaturization and, like, they want everything to be as, like, efficient space-wise as possible, which is cool, but I think there needs to be sacrifices for reliability and for sustainability and for, like, user, like, ease of use. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just too far. Like, it's to the point now where their phones don't even have screws in them. It's just all, like, glue and adhesive and you know, magic basically holding it together. And so you can take it apart, but you can't put it back together. And yeah, that's just really kind of annoying. (laughs) The part that makes me most mad about this is the just disposable mindset of this. Like, it's not a big deal. Just throw away thousands of electronics. Yeah. Just put them in a landfill somewhere. Someone else will deal with it someday. Right. Like we have to start thinking we have to start avoiding problems and not just waiting for some and not just dealing with them when they become yeah insurmountable yeah you know like yeah like we talked about earlier in this podcast we are now facing the point where climate change is becoming insurmountable yeah and we're facing the realities of that because past generations didn't care about the repercussions of their decisions right we are currently not caring about the repercussions of just throwing away stuff endlessly. And right now it's not a huge problem. And I mean, there's still tons of garbage everywhere, including in like environments where it kills animals and has a ton of bad effects, but it's not an insurmountable problem yet. Right. Later down the line, it will be. Wow. I'm really getting on like an environmental soapbox (laughs) in this episode. Um, You have your old man soapbox. I have my environment soapbox. Um, my point is, not only is it like morally wrong to deny the consumer t- the right to repair their own stuff because they bought it, and that like you have the right to do whatever you want yeah. with your own stuff. I guess you could argue the company has the right to build their own stuff however right. they want it to, but it's just a huge juxta- juxtaposition to like how my grandparents view stuff. They don't throw yeah. anything away. They keep right. a plastic bag. Like a Ziploc bag for seven years. They reuse reuse it it. endlessly versus 
people throwing away entire phones just because the battery yeah. dies. Yeah. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. a crazy change in like 80 years. Right. It really is. And it's like, that's how our, you know, current societies with everything, like that's how it is with clothes. Like, oh, you don't see people like patching jeans anymore or like, you know, repairing buttons or sewing things on. Yeah. Like it's just, well, why would I, you know, spend 30 minutes sewing on a button when I can go get a new shirt for $6? Or like, it's just out of... It's just not in season anymore. Yeah. It doesn't look stylish. Yeah. Or, you know, like phones. Like iPhones honestly could last easily like five or six years hardware wise. Like they're not going to be out of date that fast. The reason they get slow is because their chip gets throttled when the battery goes down. So they try to preserve battery life by down clocking the chip. And so technically like your iPhone could still run apps amazingly like six or seven years later. And they've shown this by like, they still support devices six, seven, eight years old mm-hmm. in their operating system updates, but the phone, you know, just tanks. And if you could, you know, every two years, just pop the battery out, put a new one in, sure you're throwing away a battery, but it's less waste than the whole phone. Yeah. And you can recycle the battery, you know, you can be sustainable with that. Um, and I don't know, like, it's hard to tell because everyone blames Apple of like doing it for greed. I don't know if it's that or just like, they're so focused on their one thing of like, you know, efficient space usage and like having everything be so integrated like tightly that it's like super efficient and super powerful. It's hard to say if it's malicious or if it's just kind of their company's ethos. To me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't still, matter yeah, what your intention is it. yeah. because the end result is the same. Yeah, it is. That's a good point. So, and stuff like that, like, I mean, there's a lot of talk of legislation being past in lots of countries this has been like a huge issue for the past you know year and a half probably um and it would change up the way a lot of companies do business to be honest like this is going to change how long people hold on to products it's going to change how products have to be manufactured and engineered and designed um but like if anyone could do this well it would be apple right they're like experts at integrating hardware and software and they're experts at like designing things well and efficiently and user friendly mm-hmm. like they could easily design like a phone that has an amazing re- replaceable battery and it would be like innovative and everyone would love it and it would sell a lot and they could sell they could even sell their first party batteries for you know 150 dollars a battery if they want to keep making money and you know not losing out on that profit just put the apple tax on it and sell it for way more than it's worth Mm-hmm. but it's just not required now. And so why go through the effort of doing that if it's not required? So I'm in favor of like right to repair. I mean, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Like I love to do stuff myself and like fix my stuff myself and kind of yeah. take care of my own stuff. And I used to do that. Like if I would break a phone or an iPhone, I'd buy a new phone off of, or not a new, uh, a new screen off of eBay and like swap the screen out or I'd swap a battery in my iPad. Like I used to do that kind of stuff, but it's just impossible. Like you can't do it. My Mac is the same way. Like you used to be able to swap like RAM out and upgrade your RAM and maybe swap your hard drive and put in an SSD. And now everything's soldered onto one circuit board. And unless you like have industrial soldering machines and you can't are good do that at and are too. good at that. Yeah. And it's even to the point where like humans can't physically like they don't have humans soldering Macs anymore. It's all robot solder because it's so small. Humans can't physically do that. So like nothing, no electronic device I own. that's like a, a consumer electronic device. I can repair myself anymore, which is kind of a bummer for me. So I'm to the point now where it's like I've kind of ingrained like if I break my phone, 
I'm going to go to the Genius Bar and they're going to give me a new phone. And this one's going to go in the trash. Like, that's just kind of where we're at. So I'm I'm in support of all of this, like, legislation and kind of forcing companies to be more sustainable, giving us the option to, like, have other options, which is another big part of the legislation, is it would open up the, like, third parties to be able to access schematics of devices and create third-party parts, hmm. um, which right now, like, they can technically just, like, IP block companies from accessing their stuff and make it so that they can't, like, you know, create third-party batteries or third-party cameras or whatever. So this would open that opportunity up to for third-party repairs and third-party parts. So generally, it's a very, like, pro-consumer, like, pro-normal person legislation. Yeah. But the reason it hasn't passed is because big companies are against it. (laughs) And would you be okay with that movement if it made your phone 20% bulkier? I think so, yeah. The nice thing is, like, I don't necessarily think that would be the case for everything. Like, I think Apple could figure out a way with not much more, maybe, like, 5% bulkier. I think they could, too, but I think they would argue in court, Yes. hey, consumers aren't going to buy our product right. if they if they get 20% worse, a.k.a. Right. 20% bulkier. Right. So we cannot afford. This sure. would be a detrimental blow to our sure. company. Sure. But would you, a very dedicated Apple consumer, still buy an iPhone if it were a little bit bulkier? Yeah, I would. But I more think, consumer friendly. Yeah, I think people have argued that a long time too. Like on the Apple subreddit, all you see is like, hey, stop giving me terrible battery life for the expense of like f- half a millimeter of thickness. Like yeah. give me a phone that's three millimeters thicker and has you know double the battery life. That's kind of what people are asking for. Um, and so I think there's a lot of room for like that type of thing. Um, or maybe like, maybe you tax thin products like we have now more. And if people want to still get that, you know, more disposable, thinner, more efficient product or whatever, they can do it, but they pay a tax that covers like recycling it when it's done and being like manufactured into something else. So maybe you pay an extra 50 bucks for an iPhone 12 instead of like an iPhone chunk boy. (laughs) (laughs) But then, you know, it's at least once the life is over on the device, all that's kind of wasted is your money at that point. You know, they can reuse it for other stuff. Sure. So I think there's ways around that. I think there's room to give like still free market choice in that form of regulation. It just needs to be, you know, like workshopped and people need to sit down and think about it and put, you know, competent legislation together but i think in general it's in the interest of you know all of us normal people (laughs) to kind of have that stuff pass who cares about them (laughs) yeah who cares about normal people (laughs) not apple no (laughs) i I think that's part of the question is at what point do you sacrifice your company's ethos and goal and the mythology surrounding whatever you're going for, for what is best for the consumer. And I I mean, this can apply for a lot of other companies, but I think it's so strong with Apple because they have such a high brand vibe and recognition. And it is on the one hand, the products are supposed to be so consumer friendly, but they're supposed to be so consumer friendly to the point where 
you use it until it breaks and then you just get rid of it. Yeah. You don't ever open it up. You don't ever have to know anything about right. operating systems or code or programming yeah. or system parts or right. anything. Yeah. You just... You use it and then you buy a new one. Yeah. 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 And that's an issue. I There was a really popular, I think it was a TED Talk kind of floating around a couple of years ago. And it was about like marketing and advertising and like they were using Apple as an example as opposed to Microsoft where Microsoft's advertising was, here's the new like Surface. It costs so much and it can do, you know, whatever. You should buy it. Kind of like a two layer marketing where they tell you like, here's what the product is. Here's its features. Second layer, you should buy it. Where Apple has the three-layer kind of marketing where it's like, here is what we believe, here is the thing that drives us. And so because of that, we created this product that is, you know, so-and-so and it has so-and-so features, you should buy it. And that is so much more inspiring to like hear the vision and the reasoning behind and the drive behind the people who created it and what problem it's solving. And then you hear the features. And the issue is Apple's based itself so much on that like efficiency always getting smaller always getting lighter like that's kind of one of apple's big things that now to have to shift their brand from this like 20 year you know kind of marketing scheme Mm -hmm. would be really detrimental to them you know like they're having to say you know we are not that anymore our vision has changed which is kind of a big deal yeah you're right (laughs) it is a big deal to have a company especially that big yeah and that in the public eye change their vision but if it was changing towards being more consumer friendly yeah and in the best interest of making stuff more like financially yeah. available i mean i think people would be yeah, on board I think for so that too. and they've kind of done this but it was to their own benefit like we talked about the charging brick on an episode a long time ago mm-hmm. where they're like oh we removed the charging brick because it's environmentally friendly and sustainable but really it's like you wanted to save 80 cents an iphone and you wanted to save money on shipping Mm -hmm. and you know all the government sued them and said you have to like if you're going to sell your phone here you have to require charging like we require that to be in the box and that wasn't necessarily like they weren't doing it because the issue with that was they were banking on you having one and we talked about this in the episode they were banking on you having a charging brick and if you don't have one, then you're still going to go buy one. But they changed the cable. So everyone who got this new phone, their charging bricks didn't work with it. So you have to go buy one. So Apple's whole environmentally like consumer conscious thing is crap. They wanted to save the money on shipping iPhones. So it really is just a profit-driven thing. And that comes down to the issue. Like Apple's never going to go for this because it's consumer-friendly. They would go for this 100% if it's going to make them more money or save them you know, expenses on an iPhone. <sighs> So, thanks, corporations. Uh. (laughs) Oh, man, I have a lot to think about. Yeah. I have a lot to be frustrated about. But there's a lot to be happy about, too. There is. There's there's some good things to be happy about, like like the fact that this podcast is over. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Harsh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little harsh. Thank you for listening to I Heard on a Podcast. We've got new episodes on Mondays and Wednesdays, and you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you heard and you know someone else who likes rants, people standing on soapboxes, wobbling moons, wobbling moons, send this podcast to that person and start ranting with them because it can be a little therapeutic. Isaiah and I, I are closer great. friends today 
because we had this rant together. Yeah, it feels so light. <laughs> you got to go rant about this podcast so you feel light too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually kind of nice. As always, you can reach us at I heard it on a podcast at gmail.com. You know what ranting makes me hungry for? Tacos. tacos. It makes me so hungry for tacos. <laughs> Man.